season four. Yeah, I feel like Alex, you always say, uh, what is that saying you always say? <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that thing you always uh, say? Yeah, I, I, yeah, what is it? Okay, uh, Jason, what are we talking about today? Hey, we are talking about working with constraints, um, which is a topic I'm really excited to get into. I think about it and I think about the work that we've done over the past year at the studio and as a brand and launching multiple websites and coming out with a new podcast and a ton of journal stories. We really get this question fairly often about how our small team ends up getting so much work made. And behind the scenes, there really is no like secret ingredient to how it all happens, right? We just all work really hard and we set constraints for each other. And I think that probably the most apparent constraint that we're setting most of the time is hard and fast deadlines. Um, And so I'd be curious to hear from you guys why as a studio we do that and where the importance and value comes from that. I would say that I think a lot of times when it comes to client work, Um, versus personal projects, it's a lot easier to get the client work done on time because there's someone waiting for it and there's someone who is paying you to deliver something. So the pressure is really on and you get it done no matter what it takes. But when it comes to um, personal projects and like the equivalent to that for us would be the mouthwash brand side where it's the podcast, the magazine, the apparel, stuff that no one's waiting on us for, it, it could be really easy to just let that slide. And we've even experienced that Um, maybe in like longer breaks between magazines that we would like or longer breaks between apparel. Um, And I think like without really strict deadlines, it's easy to let those things slide. So in order to get anything done, we have treated our brand. We've begun to treat our brand like a client. So we set the deadlines. If it's not met, then um, we, you know, circle up and figure out why it wasn't met and then create solutions for that. So I just think like it's been a learning process for us for sure, but to get anything done without someone waiting on it, deadlines are key, even if it's annoying. Yeah, we've had like four seasons of this podcast and it's like never a good time where you just like have extra, you know, time to spend and um, wrangle everybody up and coordinate and get the audio right. Like with season four, we're still having audio issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, it's one of those things that like you just kind of have to, um, make sure you you do it so that it can free up time for other things that you also want to do mm-hmm. otherwise like things just never get done you lose momentum and you look back at it and just have a ton of regrets um both in client work and and um and on the personal side um ben uh, that uh that like wayno guy or now twitter guy holly on twitter I get a ton of his um, uh, tweets that just pop up, <laughs> uh, but he, he's really good at what he says. And I saw something um, that he that he posted earlier that kind of goes along with this, where where he talks about like creativity and he's like, uh, this is a common misunderstanding. Uh, creativity is not an elusive thing. It comes with focus, dedication and hard work. Um, and that was in response to somebody that was saying creativity doesn't get along with the deadline. Mm. Um, and, and I, and I tend to agree with that notion. It's like, you always have these like obstacles, um, that pop up, but it's like, uh, whether it's time, budget, you name it, like you have to be creative with it. Um, sometimes budget can be a a creative issue. Sometimes a timeline can be uh, also a creative issue where like you, you, you may like, 
not be able to get ideas unless you're like waiting till the last minute. Right. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes you can't always do that. Yeah, definitely. That, that Twitter guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think tactically too, um, deadlines really help you in like specifically kind of the personal project aspect, um, like really wrangle kind of like these bigger concepts that you might have. Again, it's like something like starting a podcast or a magazine. It's like, that's a really big idea. And it almost helps you just putting a deadline on it helps you kind of like work backwards from these larger concepts um, into like kind of actually actionable chunks that you can kind of accomplish. So I think, yeah, I mean, I totally disagree with that notion that deadlines work against creativity. I think it really sets up a structure, a structure for you to be more creative in, um, or at least kind of take these ideas and, and figure out how to actually like accomplish it or just get like, get a result at least in front of you, like kind of early. And I think that's super important into, um, yeah, the creative process. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like talking about restraints and creative restraints, because like when you're when you're young or like when you're first starting, like all you ever want is like the big budget or like the big whatever. Um, but to think about like being 18 or like in high school and like using a skateboard as a dolly or something and like thinking about how that is kind of like a real like creative like solution to like your budgetary restrictions or um you know whatever the restrictions can be like time like it was saying is like i think a lot of the times people think that having this open-ended thing allows like the idea to like gracefully come to them um but really action is what kind of gets us closer to the goal like if you like a lot of the times i think we get anxiety um, about like this thing not being done yet or this problem being really big but and we don't realize that action or working on it little by little every day even if it's not like perfect or glamorous is like actually the thing that makes us forget about the anxiety of like completing the project or um, it feeling so big is like when you're in the middle of it and you're working through something and working through that to try to get to the end goal with those constraints the action actually like helps you see the end goal more clearly I think. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Jared Hogan or someone else who I remember saying that they were comparing two different projects, one that was a really low budget project and they had all these restraints put on it. It was like they could not implement all these things they wanted to do. Like there was budget issues with location, all this stuff and comparing that the output of that video to a different project where they had endless budget and so many, they got to execute everything that they dreamed of. It was like, they almost liked the one with restraints more because they had to really critically think about what was important and how they could stretch their, um, their like what they're given. So I think like that's just like, a good example of uh, maybe everything that you dream up and everything that you want, all the best equipment and all this stuff. Maybe that's not actually going to make the creative better. Definitely. I mean, I think one of the best like hidden talents of working with constraints is that it forces you to prioritize what you really want and when you're dealing with things like endless budget or endless resources, um, that kind of information really gets like lost in like the potential of what something could be. And while it's great to be like optimistic and like hope for the best in your endeavors, um, working with constraints is like a really unique situation where you're forced to think on your feet and kind of like trade, right? You take this and you give that, you know? Mm-hmm.
we have, uh, I think this last year had the privilege of working with people that we had admired and looked up to um, for, for a while. And I, I always take the opportunity to ask them like, just about like how they got their workflow, like what are some of the problems they're encountering all of, and constraint is, is something that everyone has to go through no matter the budget, um, the constraint changes. Um, and, and typically with the higher the level goes, the higher the constraints are going to go. Um, so, so it's like whoever we're comparing ourselves to or looking up to, they, they've, uh, they've had encountered, if not more, just as much constraints, um, but have been able to overcome them and really find solutions to those problems. Um, so like, I, I think when, when you first start, there's like this myth that like, oh man, one day, like, you know, this isn't going to be a problem anymore, but you have no idea like how much more problems you're about to face. So I think just find, find joy in like the kind of the, the space that you're in or the time, uh, in your career you're in because like things aren't going to get easier and nor should they. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of welcome those constraints. And the, you know, the, the problems don't really go away. They just turn into different problems. And I think like, like Abe was saying, is like the people that we really admire, like we, I think the thing that I'm seeing over and over again and learning over and over again, that the people that are, the people that I really admire and are like doing really amazing things are the ones who have been able to really navigate constraint like really well, like over and over again. And, you know, maybe early in your career, it was budget and now you have all the budgets in the world. Now it's like selling through your ideas to people who actually have money and make decisions. Like that is a different kind of constraint that you got to work through. Um, So I think like your ability to navigate and build something amazing through constraint is really what allows you to continue growing as like a creative individual. I'd be interested to hear from you guys outside of like constraints that are project based, right? Like given by someone else, it's like a demand, whether it's budget or deadline. If we're strictly talking about self-imposed constraints, um, are there any constraints that you guys practice um, personally besides giving yourself deadlines? Is there something else that like when you work through projects like McKinsey, when you design something personally, do you ever like try and limit yourself to come up with like new solutions? Um, I'm trying to think, I'm sure I do, <laughs> but I'm, I don't know if I'm intentionally doing that. I mean, I think the biggest one that I can think of for personal project would be timeline because that is what always gets dragged out the longest, but... What about, like, creative restraint? Like, is there something that you know... I think the thing that, like... Like, another... I think maybe this is the thing, Jason, you're getting to. I don't know. And maybe you were getting to this. I just totally interrupted you. But, like, you find these things that work, and you do them over and over again. But what is the constraint you're going to put on yourself this time in order to grow in an area that maybe you don't... You haven't excelled in? Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the way that I was thinking about it, a good, a good friend of ours, Caleb Flowers, when we talked to him over a podcast or over a call, I can't remember, talked about that his goal is to make uncool things cool, right? And that is, like, just one of the biggest constraints that I can, like, wrap my head around, right? Like, there is no bigger constraint than trying to take something that everyone else dislikes and figure out how to, like turn it into something right and i'd be like curious to hear if you guys like think through things that way or if you ever try and like pursue the same in your own 
like respective fields. I don't know. I, I that's it's a really hard question. I'm sure it's like a subconscious thing that you're kind of going through as you're doing creative. Ben, do you ever feel that way as you're designing? Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's like a lot that you can kind of like constraints that you put on yourself. I mean, I love that thing of like making uncool things cool. I think that's like a great kind of conceptual like approach to how you can, again, just kind of like start conceptualizing a project. I think some things can be as simple um, as even just saying like, I'm going to use one typeface for this entire project and not like even explore multiple ones or pairings or anything like that. Or it's going to be like one type size for the entire project. And I think that's what you're getting to or what you were kind of mentioning, which I think is cool is like the, I only have like a skateboard dolly and it's like, you can kind of use those uh, like restraints as kind of like your creative lever to make something interesting or like that becomes your restraint then almost becomes like the concept. Um, I think like there've been a few other projects where again, kind of from the conceptual side, it's like, I think specifically, um like adding motion to a website like we found one kind of like theme of like this idea of scale so it was like the restraint that we put on ourselves was like any any motion or any element that had like interaction to it it had to have like some kind of um reaction to scale is like the constraint that we put on ourselves and it just opens it forces you to think about things in like a different like in a much different way, if you didn't have that, then it's like the motion could be anything and it just kind of like can go all over the place. Um, so I think that those are, you know, easy ways that you can just like kind of put that limitation on yourself. Yeah. I think like two major constraints come to mind when I think about like us as a group and one, one of the things that we typically try to put forth is like, um when we take on a project is like making sure that we are doing work that's not typical uh, or has already been done um and then probably the biggest one is like how do we keep stuff simple when clients um or even just like internally we want to like always add stuff so how, how can we like keep things simple um at, at the core when when you know when you're sitting around the table and everyone's throwing ideas or, or, you know, you're get, getting more requests. It's like, how do, you, how do you keep that integrity? Uh, which is a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes constraints can actually be a really good thing and produce better uh, output. Well, the constraints thing too allows you to say, and we've talked about this on a lot of other things, and you'll find that a lot of the topics are have recurring themes just because it all is kind of getting to the end goal. But I think like the, the ability to say no, to, like constraints allows you to say no to things. Like if... The idea is to keep it simple or easy to understand. It makes it really easy to say no to things that complicate that. Um, along with like deadlines, like all those things allow you to say no to other things. Like let's add this page to the website. No, the deadline is next week. And that's like a constraint, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, or it's like, let's add this crazy animation to the homepage. And it's like, no, the constraint is to keep it simple. Why? The And, and you ask yourself why, like constraints are like always enforced by the why, but I think like, Jason, you know, to your point, like the, the self-imposed constraints thing is like an interesting topic because 
I don't think we maybe subconscious, I don't think we consciously do it enough. Like you think about people who work out or like athletes who are working on their um, weak shooting hand, if you're a basketball player, your weak foot, if you're a soccer player, whatever it is, like there's a real intention in working in areas that you're not really great at that I don't think we as creative people like do enough. Um, you know, I think like we, a lot like working out or dieting or whatever, like we just do what is easy and we know what works and we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And not always, like I think like Abe said, we really do try and challenge ourselves to put out a different type of ex digital experience on websites, a different type of brand. We should never try to hit the same thing twice, but the idea of self-imposed constraints is interesting. And I think it's something that should be explored maybe more often. Yeah, I think I, I am, what comes to mind is, um, like being in school and also I'm being reminded of it right now um, because I'm taking a painting class. But when you're learning how to paint and we're looking at learning how to see things, you do a very like restrained palette. And so like the way we're starting it is like a value study. So you're only using black and white and how, how do you like portray this color image in black and white? And it's those constraints, like make your eye, like really look at the object and not just put down what you think you should be seeing but really like what is there how is the light hitting this so I think it really is like a training thing like Alex was saying with like working out or other things it's like you're really flexing very specific muscles um I also thought of the Neutra house the VDL house and how he put the constraint of using materials that you could buy at a hardware store just like very that's like a super intense restraint for what he made which looks so nice and it's so high end and like you walk in there and you're just like oh, I just want to sit in here forever and so I think that was like kind of a study and like how can I put these restraints on this house and what I'm designing and still create something beautiful because I think if you have all of the materials you could ever want I think you could still make something beautiful but that restraint makes it even more special which is something I think we try and implement in websites and experiences. I, I think there's a, another interesting angle here where like sometimes people self-impose restraint as like a flex or something. I don't know. I think a lot of the times like restraint makes for really good stories. The things that we're interested in is like they shot tangerine all on an iPhone. Like that's a crazy restraint, you know, or they, um, you know, you hear these stories of like how they did something like no way that is so crazy. Um, but I think a lot of those times, like those kinds of restraints, like I think restraint comes, comes to you naturally. And like, maybe you shouldn't always be forced. Like if you are going to force a constraint on yourself, like what is like the reason for that? Like what, what's at the other end of that? Like, what are you trying to get better at? As opposed to like, just being like, I shot this on film just because <laughs> I don't know. I think that's like an important thing to take note of as well. Yeah. I mean, it was going to be a point that I would like wanted to touch on anyways, but like very specifically when we talk about like, self-imposed constraints right there's a real like balance that has to be weighed there as to whether or not um the constraint is like healthy and beneficial and so it helps at least in our studio work if our priorities are straight and we know that one we want to be making work that is new and exciting and innovative to us but also simple um this idea of like simplicity is massively important to us right it really like helps us remove anything that is like unnecessary that like clutters the messaging that like detracts from whatever experience we're trying to promote and sim like simplicity or being simple is like 
a real fine line to walk, right? Because it's way too often like confused for being lazy, which is understandable. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Alex makes a great point that like, just because you set a restraint on yourself doesn't mean it's like the right thing to do. And if you're not careful, it becomes just like a roadblock that you're unnecessarily setting up for yourself. Does restraint and constraint mean the same thing? Because I've been saying both like the whole time. I feel like constraints things that you can't control, like or, or maybe that isn't self-imposed. Um, so, like, I feel like the people listening are probably like <laughs> thinking about like maybe maybe a few different things than than what we're talking about. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that regardless whether like you're imposing it or or uh, it's being imposed, I think one thing that I would like to add is just make sure you're limiting it. You don't want to like add on more restrictions that tends to also be a negative thing to creativity um, where you have to have some sort of liberty and optimism for, for like innovation to, to essentially like take place. Uh, but th- that would just kind of be like my two cents in, in terms of like working with constraints and, and no matter what, you know, I think if, if you were to sit down and list like all the things that happen with constraints, you'll find that they're, they're very similar and in, in, in the way you approach one uh, you can likely approach another scenario like constraint makes us more human as well. Like I think it's like another reason why, I don't know. I, I think it's another reason why like it's such an attractive thing. Like BTS is so attractive, like behind the scenes stuff is so attractive and like w- how somebody did it is so attractive because it makes us realize that people who are achieving things or doing things are going through a lot similar problems that we are like the, your favorite director, your favorite, whoever is really going through the same thing that you are. They're tying their shoes every day. They're spilling coffee on themselves. They're working with the same constraints that you are maybe at a larger scale or a different scale. But I think they really do help us put into perspective that like, we're all kind of like figuring it out as we go. Um, and that's not to discredit anybody who has like a ton of experience and like really knows how to work through those things, but they do like, I think have a interesting sentiment, which makes them so attractive to understand. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also an interesting point to bring up that like most of the time, the problems that people are facing are like the same as your own. Right. And it really kind of changes the dynamic of like the work that you appreciate. Right. Like it makes things, it makes things seem like less out of reach. Right. And it should hopefully shift your focus into um, this quality of work or this quality of whatever it is that you're like looking at or aspiring to isn't because someone is just better than me. It's because that they're able to problem solve really well. And they're, yeah, be able, okay. they're able to like deal with the hand that they're dealt with. Yeah. Deal with the hand that they're dealt with. Show up every day. Like it's like all of these little things that we've been talking about, I think, on this series of the podcast and like. Hopefully by the end of episode six, people aren't tired of hearing the themes, but I think like all those little things really kind of add up. Um, not just like, not just working with constraints, but like, like you're saying, Jason, all the things that make us more like each other than we are different. I was just going to bring up a point. Um, just that like, I literally was reading this today um, and it was talking, it's a, it's the book that I mentioned on the last podcast that I'm reading called Principles, but it was talking about just like the most successful people and it kind of described them as shapers. Um, but like the through line in them 
is that they were all extremely like resilient um, because their need to achieve what they envisioned was stronger than the pain they experienced as they struggled to achieve it. And then when I look back at like everything that we do, like every client project, every internal project, there's always friction that we're faced. And uh, the stuff that's gone live and that we've actually put out has been because we like were able to push through it. And there's so much that <laughs> I look back that like we've wanted to do and it just like hasn't happened because we weren't able to push through that. Um, and, and it's and it's hard to like gauge like when that is, like when it's worth it and when it's not. But I don't know, it's like, I, I think it's like a really thing to know is like before you start something, like just kind of analyze like how much time is this going to be? Like, is it worth going down that? Um, and then really just kind of like uh, place your bet because once you once you kind of like sign on to do something, you, you are essentially saying yes to a lot of problems. So just being okay with that. Yeah, saying yes to a lot. Yeah, I mean, any anything that gets put out in the world, at least on our end, I don't know, maybe other people have it easier. But the you know what we believe is like the great like like work that we put out is stuff that we're proud of it 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 came out of cost you know it came out of cost of like you know we could have backed down and not said how we felt about something or we could have not fought for the right idea or we could have just been okay um with cashing the check and going home and like just doing what the client told us to do and i think like the risk like the constraint of like learning how to navigate those conversations or learning how to like come to an agreement with people or it's like things that people also forget about too is like, like Abe was saying is like, there's just a lot you got to like kind of go through and push back on in order to like get the desired end result. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, including myself, isn't like, I'm not so great at it is like, you know, sometimes like we just want to give up a little early and just be like, okay, like we're just gonna give them what they want or we're just gonna like, settle for this thing because I don't want to put a couple more hours into exploring more iterations, but it always takes like that actual effort. Talk a little bit about your newsletter because we were talking about that um, like towards the end of last year and then like, you know, you're a month in. So I'd be curious for you to share kind of some of the stuff that you were not to go too personal, but I think, I think it'd be helpful for people to hear. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess this is like a, maybe like one of the last things we'll touch on, but you know, the, I think like I've always really enjoyed this idea of like being able to like privately communicate with people who actually want to be there. Like you think about social and it's such an open-ended thing and there's so much context switching that nobody's really like fully sold on like anything they're seeing. It's like they choose to kind of engage with whatever like life the world throws at them. But when you write things or you have a perspective on things that's getting fed directly into this like private channel, which is like in the case of a newsletter, like an email inbox, people have to actively choose to like engage with you in that. Um, you know, and the constraint of like being consistent and writing over time has been like really, really hard, like so hard. Like one of the things that Abe and I talk about, he would hold me accountable and be like, where's your newsletter at? Like, where's your newsletter? I'd be like three weeks of doing it. And the thing I was having a hard time saying having a hard time producing on that end was like saying no to like hanging out with friends or like saying no to like um watching staying up late watching a movie it's like the 
like we were talking about the clients, like if I want to do this thing that I said I'm going to do, it like takes sacrifice. You know, everything takes sacrifice. It's like, what are you going to say no to in order to like get the desired end result of what you're, you know, actually going for? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's. Yeah, no. And like now you've been like, you know, 2020, you've been, 2021, actually, you've been consistent, like have done it. And it's been really cool to see other people's responses because like, I can guarantee that was way more worth it than like watching a regular season NBA game. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really cool. And it's, it's, it's oftentimes uh, what people don't see. They might just see surface level that newsletter on Tuesday yeah. at nine Oh seven. Um, but, but what they don't see is that like Monday at 10 PM that you had to write. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to the mouthwash podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.